It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Brian, it is now time for our favorite part of the show where we turn things over to our dear listeners for the Twitter mailbag. Before we do that, though, because we value our listeners so much, uh, I want to let them in on a hot tip. And that is if you're looking for a good spot for wings in the DFW area, Boomer Jacks. Tuesday and Wednesday, wing deals. You can get half price bone in wings on Tuesday, half price boneless wings on Wednesday. Uh, and then, regardless of the wing specials, any Time of the week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, whatever. Boomer Jacks is the perfect spot, whether you're looking for like a good happy hour spot uh, for you and your coworkers, you're looking for somewhere to watch the game with your guys, um, or, or maybe you're just looking for a nice night out with the family. Boomer Jacks, perfect spot. Wall-to-wall TVs, any sort of sport, any game you're wanting to watch, it's there. It is ice-cold beer. It is perfect live music. Uh, just the perfect atmosphere for any sort of social setting that you're looking at. 17 DFW locations. You can find yours at boomerjacks.com. So head over to boomerjacks.com. And uh, thank you again to Boomer Jacks for sponsoring the love of the star. Uh, Brian, let's jump into some of these questions here from our listeners. First one from JD. Do people within the building see the offensive differences from the week one and week two starts and think they need to do more to help Dak and not rely on him doing it all himself much as he has the last few years? So, Mike McCarthy kind of pushed back against us a little bit with Sean and RJ, our, our uh, teammates over at 105 through the fan on Friday when he talked to them, uh, saying that, look, I, I don't think there's a lot that we're actually drawing up differently with the offense with Cooper Rush in there. I mean, maybe a little bit, but it's, it's not wildly different. I think the bigger factor here is Cooper Rush isn't seeing the same looks from defenses that Dak is, is part of what this is. I think if Dak saw the looks that Cooper Rush saw in week two, Dak probably has similar or greater success in that game. But yeah, I think that hopefully they realize that they can't just get rid of guys like Amari Cooper and replace them with nobody and go, well, we should have the same exact offensive output. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right about that. You know, and but it's a little on Dak too to be accurate throwing the football. And it's, you know, but yeah. that that comes with that comes with having confidence in the receivers that has confidence in the left tackle confidence in the right tackle confidence in, you know, everybody involved confidence in the play caller. You know, when you, when you want to talk about offensive problems, it, it's not just one thing that plagues the Cowboys at times. It's, you know, you can, you can point the finger at Dak. You can f- point the finger at maybe CD lamb being a little late, getting off his jam. You know, uh, you can point the finger at Kellen Moore for, not sticking with something that he needs to to in order to help Dak. So it's not just one thing that plagues the Cowboys at times. It's it's a multitude of things. And this team, especially with Cooper Rush, man, it is hard. Now, something something's really going on strange here because you look at the Tampa game first 15, man, offense looked great. Look at the first 15 against Cincinnati. Offense looked great. You know, Cooper Rush does what you ask him to do. Dak Prescott asks what you ask him to do. So, I mean, I think this is on Kellen Moore. Whatever you're dialing up in the first 15 to open these games, maybe circle those plays, come back to those plays, because those you're having some success, uh, 
you know, getting that going. And maybe when the offense bogs down a little bit, that's something you could kind of hang your hat on. What's the advantage of scripting plays to start games? Because uh, uh, the Cowboys, everybody generally does that. And yeah. so is there is that some of the reason potentially for some of this early success? Is the script- I think so. I think so, yeah, because what happens is the players know going into the game, you work on these plays. Okay, the night before the game, like right now when they're meeting there in uh, at the hotel in New Jersey, they're talking about, okay, here are the first 15, and Dak knows them. Uh, you know, Cooper Rush knows them. Kellen Moore knows them. Everybody knows the first 15. The wide receivers know them. The offensive line knows them. I mean, you can just, in your mind, you have, you know, you're, you're seeing that picture of, okay, this is what we have to do. If we get this coverage, this is what we're going to do. We get that front, this is what we're going to do. So, yeah, they, they've done a great job. I mean, they have opened games. I mean, they got 10 points off two opening drives already this year. You know, that's, I'd say that's a, that's a pretty good start to, to the season when you start to talk about getting drives on our points on opening drives. Next question here from Titanic Gambler. Uh, he's asking two games in, what is the biggest good surprise on the team and what is the biggest disappointment? Uh, his answers are, he'd say Tyler Smith is the good surprise. Dax play is the disappointment. Um, I guess my biggest disappointment is I, I thought that from all the chatter that CD Lamb was giving us leading up to the regular season. I expected more assertiveness from him. Um, I, I think if you want to look at another disappointment, I think Jalen Tolbert's been di- really disappointing that your third round pick can't get on the field. Um, those are disappointing aspects. That I think the the biggest good surprise. I want to say Tyler Smith, but I thought Tyler Smith was going to generally. I think you talk to him. We talk to him. We we hear the way he approaches things. It's like that's the guy who's going to make it. You kind of felt like after you got to know him a little bit, like, okay, that guy's going to have some success. So I don't know how surprised I am by that. I guess Noah Brown, that Noah Brown went from training camp star to somebody that they could actually rely on because he's been training camp star before. And, and this is the first year where he he's taken it into games where they have absolutely needed him these first two weeks. So give me Noah Brown for the good surprise, uh, the disappointment, a combo of, I guess, CeeDee Lamb and Jalen Tolbert. Yeah, the good the good surprise, and maybe not a surprise, but the fact that that Micah Parsons is even better than Micah Parsons was as a rookie. That's that's I mean that you're seeing things with Micah Parsons now. You don't see the tackles, you know, and that's that's okay. But you see the pressures, you see the sacks, you see how they're using him. That that the surprise is that he's even better. You you're thinking like, how can he get better than he was last year? And he is. He is. He's getting better. The disappointment to me is that yeah, I put a lot on Dak. He played very poorly against Tampa Bay. Uh, and then he gets hurt. That that to me, and I'm not trying to pile on Dak. I I I if you go back and listen to me on 105.3 The Fan, you go back and listen to these podcasts. I really thought that Dak was going to put a lot of this stuff behind him, you know, a lot of the injury stuff, that he was going to be a different player and all that. And I felt like if he had a chance to play against Cincinnati in week two, we would probably saw a bounce back game the way Cincinnati was playing. But to me, that's the disappointment that he's not in this game tonight where they sure could use him and, you know, because he owns the NFC East. When he, he does. Plays, he owns the NFC East. And the next two games are against NFC East opponents. And, you know, you could have surely, you know, to be, to be three and one going into that Rams game. I mean, that's because Philadelphia, I, I think, Bobby, they're not going away. 
unless they have a yeah, let's have a major. Look, I, I, I feel confident sitting here on September 26th. Philadelphia is winning the division, I think. I, I, that's my call right now. I, I think Dallas can still turn the season around, contend for a wild card, but Philly's not a paper tiger. That's a real contender. No, Philadelphia, where we were, and I'll admit it, I thought, you know, their quarterback wasn't as good, you know, and yeah. but you're, you're seeing, uh, you know, even yesterday he missed on some passes, but at points in time in the game, he threw a very good ball. Philadelphia is not going to go away unless they, they get major injuries. The one thing the Cowboys have kind of dealt with right now is major injury to their quarterback. If Philly – and Philly's had a history too where they, they've lost players along the way. You know, so we'll see how it plays out. But you can't go into this thing losing to the Giants and then losing – you know, maybe losing a game to the Commanders and expect, you know, and expect to be fight for this division. You've got to – even with Cooper Rush – You've got to take advantage of your roster's better right now than the Giants. Your roster is probably better than the than the Commanders. Now we'll see what happens with the Rams and Philly, but you can't let this division get too far away. I'm just going to tell you right now, Brian. While the roster is better, and I know they struggled this week, Commanders they got some weapons actually. They so, do. Okay, I started I started doing a cursory look at them. So I think when you give them a look, you're going to go, oh, there's some problems here. Yeah. Oh yeah, they've got no, they've got some problems. But they've also got a quarterback that just is not very good. Yes, that's that's that's, yeah. that's the. And I would I would be surprised, you know, and maybe it's even after the uh, maybe it's even after the the Dallas game if if in fact it Carson Wentz they lose that game I could see a I could see the end of Carson Wentz here within the next three weeks as quarterback for the for the Commanders. You mentioned there that Micah Parsons is the good surprise that he has gotten better. So four sacks through two games. Um, if I were to give you. 20 sacks. You th- do you think I would, I would have said under? I mean, if, if, if you're talking about doing, let, June, let, let me give you, let me give you 17 and a half as the over under for Parsons the rest of the way. So that would give him 13 and a half in the final 15 games. So over under 17 and a half sacks a season. What are you going for Parsons? I would probably still, man, I think he's somewhere between 14 and 16 is where I would guess. So, mm-hmm. 14, 15, 16 is kind of where if I he, think. If he gets two tonight, are you changing your tune? Uh, you know what? I'd have to. I mean, you know, you're at. You know, the thing about it is, I mean, he's. Uh, you know, he's he, he's he's getting a little nicked up. You know, we, we he's dealing with the toe. He's dealing with the knee. You know, he got sick. Uh, you know, I mean, he's going to go out there and play great. You know, he is when he's on the field. I just worry about teams saying, "Listen, I'm not going to let you beat us in this game this week." You know, and they load up on him. Now that means. Armstrong, we've seen Armstrong have some success. Tank needs to get going a little bit. You know, uh, you know, uh, Osa inside. Dante Fowler. Dante Fowler. I mean, I think Dante Fowler. I think Dante Fowler could have a big game tonight. Fowler, I, I really Fowler do. needs more reps. He's been really productive. I he think. has been productive. He's been very productive. I, you know, I said earlier that I thought Armstrong was going to have a breakout year, and I was glad to see him get the two sacks and be more consistent. But Fowler, to me, looks like a better player right now. Absolutely. I agree with that. Uh, next question here from uh, one of our loyal listeners, at Stevie JPTX. How does the Giants having Ojolari and Thibodeau available change the Cowboys' approach on offense? Yeah. I don't know that it changes the Cowboys' approach on defense. I think it does change Wink Martindale's approach on or, or on offense. I think it does change Wink Martindale's approach on defense, though, because I think that he should have more success getting home with his front four and not have to just dial up blitzes to make it happen. But yeah, sure. I mean, I think that that 
you know, while it doesn't change Dallas's approach on offense, they're going to have to execute for sure if, if, if Thibodeau and Ojalar are able to generate pressure. Yeah, no, that's it. That's that's going to be the key for the Giants tonight. And they do have an advantage. Ojalari and Thibodeau, I would have to say, are, are better than Steele and Smith. Now, which crew, if Steele and Smith hold up tonight, Cowboys win this football game. There's no question about it. They've got to, though, they cannot let those two come into this game and hit Cooper Rush in the back and have the ball come flying out of his hand and short field drives. Both teams are susceptible to problems uh, with that can be created by the other's defense, especially at the defensive end spot. Who do you think gives Dallas more problems, Ojolari on Steele or Thibodeau on Smith? I think Ojolari is going to be the problem. I think Ojolari is going to be the problem tonight. It's coming to Georgia, right? What's yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I tell you what, you watched him play, and you know the Giants stole him when they drafted him. They really did. I mean, he, he's a he's a nice football player. The, the key tonight will, for them will be conditioning, though. When when they're not on the field, when Ojulari and Thibodeau are not on the field, you have to take advantage of that if you're the Cowboys. Uh, question here from Deep Fried Sexy. I'm just asking this question because I wanted to say Deep Fried Sexy. Uh, we as fans, fans tend to oversimplify when we ask, why don't they just send Turpin on a nine route to loosen up the defense? What is the reality that we don't understand? The reality is like you're sending a five five receiver down the field on a vertical nine route, you know, with uh, now the catch radius is not very big either. So if you turn this thing into a 50-50 ball, like we've talked about with Gallup, okay, and say the corner does stay and you throw it, now the corner has the advantage because of, you know, the corner because of height. And all of a sudden, now how about, you know, if you want to say throw the ball, you know, down the middle of the field, you know, maybe you can run through and just let it run under it like you would a punt. But if you turn this thing into a 50-50 ball, say on the sidelines, there's a possibility he's going to lose because of the lack of the catch radius. And he's going to lose because of the lack of the height. And then it turns into a turnover. That's that's. Would you like to see more involvement from offense, though? I would. I would. But not not at the expense of Pollard. Because I think Pollard I think Pollard I think Pollard can make more plays. I think Pollard is more of a I rely on him more with the catch. Uh the run after catch both are tremendous. But I am I am not I'm not taking away Pollard opportunities for Turpin. I'm just not doing that. That does it for us here on the Love of the Star podcast. We appreciate you guys sending your questions. We appreciate Boomer Jacks for sponsoring us. Uh, looking forward to this game tonight. Like I said, it's probably going to be a little bit of an ugly one, uh, but we will have a, a short week. I know on the, the flight back overnight tonight, Brian, I'll try and get started on Washington already. Uh, yep. we're short week. We got just two shows between the end of this one and Washington. So we will see you guys again on Wednesday.